It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday. We got to see Zion, not just in the All-Star Game, but starting in the All-Star Game. How did his night go? What does it mean for New Orleans, too, to kind of get that recognition and for him as well? We'll touch on that. I'm going to talk about what we want to see from the Pelicans the remainder of the season. Have our expectations changed? What are they now going forward? And then we'll touch a little bit on Josh Hart in something I want to get to in tomorrow's show in the third segment. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON20, and you'll get 20% off your next order. So it was Team LeBron versus Team Durant in the All-Star Game last night, with Team LeBron winning 171-50 over Team Durant. And look, game, eh, not as concerned about some of the specifics. Giannis won MVP. He was really, really good. It's a fun game, right? They don't play defense. They just do some crazy stuff, and, and that's how it goes. Though you saw Chris Paul and Paul George playing some defense in the fourth quarter in the second half of the game, when I, I don't know why, but maybe they just really wanted to do that. And it was kind of funny to watch. But we were here because Zion Williamson was on the roster for Team Durant, selected by him in the draft that they had earlier in the week. And then with the news that both Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons wouldn't be participating due to contact tracing from a positive COVID test. Well, all of a sudden with Embiid out, they needed a starting center. And you know what? That guy was Zion Williamson, handpicked by Doc Rivers to be the starter per the NBA All-Star Game rules. Very cool to see Zion starting in the All-Star Game. It's history-making in a way. The only players younger than Zion to start in the All-Star Game, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, and LeBron James. That's it. Those are the numbers. Those are the only guys younger than Zion to start. Also, the only guys younger than Zion to make an All-Star Game. So very cool overall to see that he was in there and getting the starting nod over, you know, anyone else. You could have run anyone in there, right? You could have put Vucevic in there. You could have put Randall in there and it would have been fine. But they decided to go with Zion Williamson. And you could see that the players really enjoyed playing with him, uh, to be perfectly honest. he They were throwing him alley-oops like it was nobody's business. And he was just going and getting them and having a great time. And that's perfect. They're having fun playing with Zion Williamson, and maybe that translates to free agents. I don't, I don't really think so, but that'd be great if it could translate to that further down the line for New Orleans. He did miss a dunk attempt in the first quarter, which led to a lot of jokes on social media. But you could see they like Zion. They like playing with Zion, and having that kind of lob threat is really fun if you're a guard or any other player 
in the league. So Zion was out there having a good time kind of showcasing his skills. It showed that he really did deserve to be there. Second half, he only took one shot. He finished with 10 points on the night. Nothing too exciting. Eight in the first half. He was more or less just kind of getting cardio in in the second half as they kind of went away from him. But it's kind of a guard-driven game at times. They're guys who have a game like a guard. They didn't run point Zion or anything like that. Nor were they really going to in this. You just got to see some cool lobs thrown to Zion. Him going up and getting them and throwing them down. Including missing one as well. What we expected. But it's cool to see him on the national stage. It seemed like he had a lot of fun with that. And his media availability both before and after. He was talking about relishing every single moment from this. I like that attitude. I want him to have fun at this. I want him to really enjoy it. And want to get back there too. And hopefully being in the same room with these guys on the biggest stage. Really sets the tone for the rest of his career. And is a motivating factor. Because New Orleans needs all of that kind of motivation that they can get. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that coming up here in the next segment of the show about, all right, what needs to happen for New Orleans? What needs to change for New Orleans in the second half of the season? Before we do that, today's episode of Lockdown Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. And BetOnline even covers reality TV, award shows, and other TV shows as well. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code locked on. That's free money. It's like you've already won a bet. Uh, again, use the promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus over at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. On the Locked On Today podcast, Selection Sunday is a week away. Will there be a number of ACC teams left out of the tournament? What went wrong in the ACC this season? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. So I was on fourth down on four on WWL last night, and it got to a lot of looking forward to the season. What's kind of gone right? What's kind of gone wrong? Obviously, Point Zion and the offense is definitely a right thing for New Orleans. And the what's gone wrong is for the defense. And Ricardo LeCompte asked me, what, what could they do to fix the defense? And so it got me thinking about this segment of what needs to happen for New Orleans going forward in the second half of the year. We had expectations of getting into the play-in tournament, you know, they're three games out of that, but I don't 
necessarily look at them even in that right now. If it's the status quo from what we've seen to start the year, what's really going to change from what they've been and what makes you think they'll make up three games, let alone more than that potentially, if that's the case? And I don't have a lot of faith in them to do so based on that alone. And he kind of agreed with me on the show and so kind of led me to be thinking of, okay, what, what does New Orleans need to do in this second half? particularly if they want to get into the play-in tournament, with the first thing being, well, you need to improve defensively. Well, how are you going to do that, right? That's kind of the million-dollar question, and that's where Stan Van Gundy is really going to need to earn his money this season. I'm of the mindset of it's you've got to do some rotational changes. We've seen it where backups who are hungry, Jackson Hayes being one of them, others, um, Kyra Lewis Jr., come in there and spark comebacks. And a lot of the time it is through defense because they're actually just carrying and trying on that end. We've seen guys in the New Orleans starting lineup just not care. I do think Zion's improving in that area. But we've seen Brandon Ingram not not really care about defense whatsoever. I don't think he's like objectively one of the worst defenders in the league, but he's certainly not a good one. He's certainly a net negative on defense for the team right now. Eric Bledsoe has struggled defensively. He has flashes here and there, but for the most part just isn't bringing it and doesn't look like he really cares. You have a guy like Lonzo Ball who at times looks like a lockdown defender, but there's plenty of games when he's not, and that inconsistency is hurting New Orleans. You need to motivate these guys to play on defense, and you're not going to do it when you put them back into close out a game when they weren't the ones that started that run, when in fact they're the reason that you were down in that game anyway. If they think their playing time is just guaranteed, I I don't know how you're going to try and motivate them more going forward. They're getting everything they want, right? They can put up offensive numbers, and they get to play starters minutes, and they get to start the game. They're good. They'd like to win, I'm sure, but you're not really motivating them to play defense necessarily. And I think that's a big thing. So I'm hopeful that Stan Van Gundy is going to mix up the rotation and be willing to bench a guy. Obviously, you're not going to bench uh, Brandon Ingram, but a guy like Eric Bledsoe. You know, we've seen Lonzo Ball go to the bench at times and not close games or not close quarters. And I think you need to look at doing things like that. For Lonzo in particular, to get him to be a little bit more consistent because he needs to be more consistent is... If you bench him, he's trying to get paid this offseason, right? And we'll, we'll look at his contract probably tomorrow or the day after since we have a couple of days without games. He's trying to get paid. You know, you need to be out on the court if you want to get paid. And he's in line right now for a big payday. He's played himself into that. But it could potentially go away depending on how the second half of the season goes. So that's, I think, a real big important thing. It's partially why you're seeing Josh Hart, who I want to talk about in the next segment, be really hungry and get out there and play some defense and do a lot of good things. Same for Eric Bledsoe. You know what? If you want out of here, you're going to need to play your way out of here and be good enough to trade, not by this crap that we're seeing from him. Otherwise, you know what? We'll just bury you on the bench and we'll wait till your contract expires, whenever that might be. It's in a season. And we'll move on from you then. But you're going to be miserable for a year. Just at this point, send a message to these guys I really think is the biggest thing. When you look at trying to turn the season around, if you want to do that, it's through defense. The rest of it, though, what New Orleans needs to do is figure out who really is a core piece around Zion Williamson. Is it Nikhil Alexander-Walker? Is it Jackson Hayes? Is it Kyra Lewis Jr.? I'm not saying go full-on youth movement, but you need to play them in more combinations that you think would work around Zion. More interesting lineups, let's call them, around Zion Williamson to say, okay, you know what? With his passing ability, with his growth on defense, we can play him at the five. We can play him at the four with a stretch shooter because his defense has been uh, better, and Nicolò Melli doesn't play defense too. 
All of that stuff, I think, is going to be really important for New Orleans in the second half of the year. And that's what I want to see from them moving forward. Less so being competitive. You know, you want to see them being competitive. I don't care if they make the playoffs or not at this point. I've kind of written that off in a little bit. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. But I'd like to see just caring more and trying to figure things out for the future so it doesn't just look like a jumbled mess of, well, at least you have Zion and hopefully you can figure out what's going to happen next. But I want to see some clear you know, direction or be able to see the plan, see the process a little bit more clearly than what we have so far. So coming up, let's talk a little bit about Josh Hart in the next segment, and then we'll tease this into tomorrow. Should kind of get maybe what a good number for him could be this offseason or to kind of get some markers of what it could what his next contract could look like, because he's in an interesting position, in particularly with New Orleans and what to do going forward. Today's episode of Lockdown Pelicans brought to you by Bilt Bar. I've been telling you guys about Bilt Bar for a really, really long time. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Bilt Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar, all covered in 100% real chocolate. And now it's time to find out which Bilt Bar is the best. It's Bilt Bar Madness. A little bit of a March Madness style bracket. Today's matchup, by the way, for your favorite flavor is between Apple Almond Crisp, Churro Puff, and then Peanut Butter Brownie versus Raspberry. Churro Puff, by the way, I haven't tried. It's coming out later this month, but it's already in there because it sounds so freaking good. A note on Churro Puff here. It's going to be released in March later this month. It's got luscious chocolate, soft marshmallows made with a premium collagen protein blend. It's got 17 grams of protein. 130 calories and only five grams of sugar. It's gluten-free, preservative-free. If you've ever had the puff bars from Built Bar, the light, airy ones, you're not going to want to miss this thing. I'm absolutely going to be ordering a box of this flavor. And then in terms of peanut butter brownie versus raspberry, I actually like raspberry a lot, but peanut butter brownie is basically a go-to and one you're definitely going to want to try. They're all so good, so go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20. You're going to get 20% off your next order. If you've never tried before order the mixed box you'll get a ton of the different flavors in there be able to choose the ones you like the most again that is locked on 20 to get 20 percent off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and will become the best tasting protein bar you can also vote over at builtbar.com or go to at built underscore bar on twitter the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure to check out the Locked On Saints podcast. News of Thomas Morstead being cut was kind of shaking in a way last week there are all sorts of weird cap situations going on with the team as well so if you want to know how they're going to deal with all of that and who might be replacing drew Brees next season russell wilson crossing my fingers please go check out the locked on saints podcast hosted by ross jackson really one of the best we have on the network covering it all from any angle you want make sure to check out locked on saints wherever you get your podcasts all right, wrapping up today's show, I want to ask you all a question here, and it involves Josh Hart. We all love Josh Hart. There's no denying this, right? 
but he is going to be an upcoming free agent, restricted free agent. And it's curious to look at what kind of contract he might get. And I got into this discussion with a buddy at a Pels game recently. Shout out to Tyler. And also thank you, Tyler. Remember, you guys have been talking about the older car I have. Finally got around to working on it on Sunday. Tyler was there for like six hours with me trying to get parts into the car, trying to figure it all out. It's old. There's some rust, unfortunately, in there. And it takes a lot of trial and error. We did it. And then there was a bit bit of a snafu, which you'll probably hear in the next read for rockauto.com, which I think is tomorrow on here. Yeah, you'll, I'll, I'll tell you all tomorrow in the ad read because I need to order a new part um, and then maybe an emergency part as well. Anyway, um, so we were talking about what Josh Hart's kind of comp is and what he might get paid and what this team and what fans are comfortable paying Josh Hart. You know, obviously, if Josh Hart gets a $20 million a year deal, you're going to say, good luck, Josh Hart. We wish you well and, and goodbye. But what's like the right amount of money for him for what he gives you? You know, he brings a lot of, at times, intangibles. His stats are a little bit inconsistent, too, when you really think about it, I think, as well. You know, he's averaging 9.2 points per game, 7.3 rebounds per game. He is shooting from three, 33% on the season, so not great there. And he's doing this all in about 29 minutes worth of action, shooting 44.7% from the field too, which is a uh, second highest in his career. He doesn't really give you a ton of block steals, anything like that. 2.1 assists as well. And he's shooting 76% from the free throw line. It's not amazing numbers by any stretch, but that energy, the rebounding is really good for what he gives you, I think is kind of important, right? And I have an interesting comp for him in terms of, I think, the way teams might view him. And I wonder if this means he's about to potentially get paid. What do you give to a guy that can guard two or three positions, you know, adequately enough, depending, right? Guard the three, okay. Guard the two, well. Guard the four, somewhat. Um, So what do you give a guy who is switchable on defense, who at times looks like he can shoot the three ball well other times not so much he's really really inconsistent when it comes to that there are plenty of games when he just doesn't have threes um and it's not falling for him whatsoever so what do you give to a guy like that you know he's only got here here's oh wait no let me let me pull it up it's it's better than what i thought he's got 13 games this season where he's hit two or more threes that's out of 36 games so under 50 percent of the games he has he makes uh, less than one three or one or fewer threes. There we go. I did it right per game. So that's not great. What do you give to that guy? But he is switchable. He adds a lot of versatility to your team. He rebounds particularly well. You know, are you comfortable paying him $15 million? Is 12 your ideal number? At a certain point, when do you get kind of nervous about this? And I have a comp for him. There's a guy that I think really equates to him, but we're going to save that for tomorrow's show in terms of him getting paid. The numbers are somewhat similar, I think. And when you look at this guy getting paid, um, you know, this past offseason because he did, it leads me to wonder if it's going to end up being a similar situation for Josh Hart. Puts the Pelicans in a bit of a bind, I think, because they could be in position to lose a number of guys. And that's not ideal for this team whatsoever. So what would that 
and uh, you know, meaning for the team. So I'll bring that up tomorrow. I'll tell you what the comp is. Maybe you guys can guess it. I've given a lot of hints here. It's probably pretty obvious if you follow the NBA really closely. But let me know on Twitter at Nola Jake what your number for Josh Hart is. What number do you feel comfortable with? And we'll talk about him a little bit more tomorrow. Lonzo Ball as well and Brandon Ingram. Maybe we'll just look at the Lakers contingent in tomorrow's show. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Be back with you all tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.